What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey folks, before we talk with White House reporter Brian Karam, here's a clip from the Tuesday Trump show in which Brian confronted the president and nearly made him storm off. Check this out. Today, 600,000 cases, 25,000 deaths. I know you want to blame the WHO, but I've spoken to hundreds of people across the country in the last few weeks who say they still can't get tested and that uh, they aren't social distancing because they... So the governors, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, excuse me. I know know your question. You ready? The governors, the governors are supposed to do testing it's up to the governors. Go ahead, please. Go ahead, please. Quiet. 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 They say that they are not. They are following your lead. That they are not social. The governors are doing the testing. It's now not up, and it hasn't been up to the federal government. Go ahead. I told them when they put this guy here, it's nothing but trouble. He's a showboat. If you keep talking, I'll leave and you can have it out with the rest of these people. If you keep talking, I'm going to leave and you can have it out with them. Just a loud mouth. Go ahead. Broadcasting from resistance headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, April 15, 2020, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Today is our third chat with one of our journalistic heroes, the great Brian Karam, White House reporter for Playboy magazine. As you heard at the top of the show, Trump referred to Brian this week as nothing but trouble, a showboat, and a loudmouth. But the best part of the exchange is that Brian clearly got under Trump's makeup slathered skin to the point of nearly ending the entire Trump show prematurely on Tuesday. So today we'll ask Brian about everything that went down and a whole lot more. Meanwhile, don't forget to subscribe to our bonus content at bobseskashow.com. All right, let's talk White House journalism and the reign of King Joffrey the Bloated on today's show. Hello. There he is, Brian Karam. Nothing but trouble, you showboat. How you doing, That's my me. friend? Pretty good, man. What's up? Uh, before we dig into your clash with uh, with King Joffrey, what's the mood right now among the White House press corps? Well, we're all just trying to hang on. I mean, yeah. you got a lot of people who are simply trying to do their job, and mm. there's a reduced number of people in the White House, so it makes it very difficult. Yeah. Um, there's concern about you know making sure that we socially distance, and there have been people that have been tested for 
uh, the coronavirus, and thankfully none of us have had it yet. But yeah. Are you there right now? Are you at the White House right now, or are you at home? No, I'm trying to finish my column today. I'm, uh, I, along with uh, uh, everyone else in the White House, are limiting our uh, excursions there, so there's a limited number of reporters there at any one time huh. so that we can, uh, you know, properly socially distance. So I'm there now maybe once a week, uh, usually on Tuesdays. And as you saw yesterday, that enabled me to get into the briefing for the first time in exactly. a while. So, so uh, it's, you know, it is what it is. You're trying to uh, deal with it on a daily basis and the president's trying to take advantage of it on a daily basis. So how are you guys deciding uh, who gets to sit in on these briefings? Is there some sort of coin toss or uh, like some kind of rotation that you're in? It's a rotation. It's a rotation for... Um, those who have seats, assigned seats, are, are in the rotation. There's 14 seats. If it's in the briefing room, there's no one going to be in that briefing uh, that doesn't have an assigned seat. If he goes outside or goes into the East Room, uh, then there's an opportunity for those who are there uh, that day to be involved in the briefing um, because they have extra seats. So that's what that? happened to me yesterday. There were four extra seats. Uh, OANN took one of them. Uh, Newsmax, I think, took one of them. Uh, somebody else I don't know took one of them, and I had the fourth. What's the general attitude there toward OAN? I mean, obviously, they're a, a propaganda wing for Trump. I mean, is that kind of the vibe? Is that kind of the unspoken attitude toward those guys inside uh, the press corps? Well, it's not unspoken, but, I mean, you know. That... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is being spoken about OAN? Look, uh, as far as it goes, I support everyone being in that room, even mm -hmm. OAN. They're, they're, you know, free speech. Everyone, I may disagree with what you say, but defend to death, you're right to say it. So I got no problems with them being there. I got a problem with me not being there. <laughs> and others, if, yeah. if you have a voice uh, contrary or questioning the president, he doesn't want you there. He right. only wants people there that support him. Um, and I think it's wrong to keep them away, but I also think it's wrong to keep me away. So let's talk about what happened uh, yesterday during yesterday's Trump show. Uh, you, you started out by asking the president how people still can't get tested while others aren't social distancing. And at that point, he cut you off saying he knows right. what your question will be. Number one. Did you know prior to yesterday that the president could read your thoughts? And number two, <laughs> number two, what was your complete question going to be before he interrupted you? Um, well, the complete question more or less was, Mr. President, I've interviewed hundreds of people who say they cannot get tests mm -hmm. and others who say they don't practice social distancing because they've watched you not practicing it up on stage while you've been preaching it. So what do you say to the millions of people who don't believe you? Yeah. Um, and that was the gist of it. He stopped, he heard the, the testing part and thought I was just going to jump down the throat about testing, but I was actually jumping down the throat about two things. Uh, the fact that people don't believe him is the, is the general uh, consensus mm -hmm. is that when I went across the country there, most people believe their state and local officials, but do not believe, uh, what they hear from the White House. Sure. And nothing that he says is going to erase that because he's put himself in such a bad light over the last 12 weeks over what he's done. Mm -hmm. And while he's trying to shuffle blame, you know, blaming the 
the uh, the World Health Organization, the WHO is you know not not the band the WHO because you know I kind of like them, <laughs> but uh, by bl- right. by blaming you know the World Health Organization is is deflection. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I stated yesterday, when I first when he first called, and by the way, he called on me. I you know I didn't jump up and down and demand to be. You know, I, I wasn't screaming, me, 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 me. I raised my hand like everybody else, and he picked me. Right. So I started out by saying, look, we've got uh, 600, more than 600,000 cases and 25,000 deaths. The, how can you blame the, you know, the one I wanted? You know, that was gonna blame, how do you blame the World Health Organization for that? It, but the, to the point, and there's so many things that you, I want to ask him and just don't get a chance to ask him. Like he talks about shutting down flights to China. 400,000 people managed to make it over to this country from China yep. after his so-called shutdown. So that didn't work. But I had to keep it to the point is the fact that he lies and people don't believe him. So, you know, by stating the obvious, how many, because you know, he will never talk about how many deaths. Remember the last time he talked about deaths, uh, Mike Pence was saying the chances of getting this for the average American are very low. Mm-hmm. And he was saying we have 15 cases and pretty soon we'll have none. So you don't want to talk about it now that there's 25,000 people dead and 600,000 cases in the U.S. and we still haven't tested. That's we don't right. know how many people have really died or how many people really have this disease. Mm-hmm. We don't because we haven't adequately tested. And I traveled, I drove from L.A. to D.C. And this is, and then I quarantined myself for two weeks after, for 14 days after I did that. Wow. But I drove across 15 states interviewing people all over the place. And if people who, there were plenty of people I interviewed who loved Trump. There were plenty of people I interviewed who didn't like Trump. But every person I interviewed said, I cannot get tested if I want to. Right. So that's that's the problem. So whether you like Donald Trump or dislike Donald Trump, if you can't get tested for the coronavirus, you've got an issue and yeah. he needs to address it. Well, and then after he blurted something about how he plans, I mean, speaking of deflection, he's now leaning toward blaming the governors for any economic right. fallout that continues to happen. You, you told him it wasn't the question you're going to ask. And then that's when he repeated over and over again, quiet, quiet. He's pointing at you quiet. I mean, as long as you're sitting there. There's nothing he can really do to make you stop asking, is there? I mean, I think he thinks there's some sort of magical powers to silence you just by saying, quiet. And it's like he would be talking to a child, but you're not children, so you just keep asking, right? Well, I just kept asking. I, You know, I I kept asking until finally they cut the microphone off and went to somebody else, but... I mean, um, I was floored when he said he was going to leave his own press conference. I, I had people texting me while it was going on. Please, please leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I've never look. I've been told I, I've gonna, I'm going to be kicked out of a press conference. I've been told I'm rude. I've been told, you know, I'm a loud mouth. I've been told all of that before, but I've <laughs> never been told that someone was going to walk out on their own press conference. Right. I, I was amazed that that was even on the table. <laughs> Is there someone from the White House controlling the volume of the press mic? Is that what's going on right now? Is that is that unprecedented, or is that something that's always happened? Well, it's I don't everything with this White House is unprecedented. Instead, of, <laughs> they're trying to make it easier instead yeah. of handing out microphones. They went with the boom mics. I don't know who's uh, yeah. Someone in the White House has to be handling that, but matters not to me. You still have to ask your questions, and yeah. you can't worry about 
anything else. When he gets like that, when he gets really pissy and he starts yelling, he starts calling people loud mouths and so on. Is there a fear factor that plays out among your colleagues? Are, are people afraid of Donald Trump when he gets all uh, belligerent like that? I, I can't speak to anybody but me. Yeah. Um, I don't know how anybody else acts. I know I almost laugh, but I mean, I'm <laughs> certainly not intimidated. Exactly. Well, I, I would never expect you to be afraid of that guy. I'm just wondering if there was some sort of prevailing like, ooh, geez, he's doing that again. Maybe we should back off. Well, and the, the, the truth of the matter is that we're not on a level playing field. He mm. is the president of the United States, and I give that office a certain amount of respect. I say, yeah. Mr. President, I say, sir, I try to keep my, you know, I'm trying to keep a level tone and not get in an argument with him, although I try to maintain and be aggressive and ask my question. Uh, that's one thing, uh, you know, calling him a, a POS or something, you know, or, or making a smart, you know, quip, I, I don't think is all that appropriate. And I've not done that to him. Yeah. And trust me, when he said, I'm, I'm going, you know, either you be quiet or I'm going to walk away. I felt like saying, well, bye. You know, <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind. I literally bit my tongue to keep from saying that. But the point is, is there's a certain amount of deference that the office is due. Yeah. And people may think that that's a fear, but it's not. It's respect. And mm -hmm. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't know anybody that actually fears him. But what people may fear is a lack of access and being cut out of the loop and uh, I just can't worry about all that. I, I don't care. I, yeah. I mean, I, I've had limited access to him from the word go, and yet he still continues to call on me, and I still continue to ask him questions. So you just have to do you, and he does him, and where the chips fall is where the chips fall. That's a really great point, Brian, because, you know, he's so actively destroying norms. I mean, just steamrolling everything in his path. And so it's important, I think, for people like you and the rest of the press corps to maintain some level of, well, we have to maintain our decorum, even though he's not maintaining his decorum. Is that kind of one of the prevailing attitudes? Well, I, I, like I said, I can't speak for anybody else. I just know what I try to do. Else, mm -hmm. They're going to be people who say that I'm the big, you know, a-hole in the room and I'm not doing it. So, right. you know, or, well, you know, I'm a showboat or I'm a, was, what did he call me? Showboat and a loud mouth and, um, nothing but trouble. You know, every, I mean, yeah, nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. What's the bigger badge of honor that the president called you nothing but trouble, a showboat, and a loudmouth, or that the president was talking about you before the event, apparently, questioning his people why you were let into the room in the first place? Which one of those <laughs> things is, is the thing that you're going to go, I really stepped up uh, a rung in the ladder there? <laughs> Well, as I've been saying to people who've asked me, I have never, like I said, I've never seen someone threaten to walk away from their own news conference before. That one was, that one was shocking, but yeah. so maybe I'll wear that as the badge of honor. I almost got him to, <laughs> if he had walked away, I would have definitely worn that as a badge of honor. But, <laughs> I mean, right. I, I, you know, being called all the things that he called me, you know, please that, you know, just answer the question. I'm just here to ask questions. And he, he actually said, if you keep talking, I'll leave and you can have it out with the rest of these people. I mean, what if he actually ended up 
What if he ended the press conference right there and then dragged his ponderous bulk back to the Oval Office? I mean, would the rest of the press corps, like he said, punish you in some way? What would have happened to you? Because he seemed to think that everyone was going to pile on and, and beat you senseless or something like that. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I don't consider, I mean, consider the source. <laughs> right, right. But, but seriously, I mean, is there some sort of, uh, I don't know, omerta or something among you guys where if one person screws it up for everyone else, then that person's punished or something like that? Because he seemed, he really did seem to think that you were going to get, uh, I don't know. Like they were going to TP your house or something like that. He doesn't seem to think about much. So I don't know that he (laughs) thought about it. I think he just says the first thing that comes to his mind. I, he's a bully and he tries to bully people. I, you know, I don't take that stuff too seriously. I'm there to do a job and, um, you know, I'm going to do it. I mean, he was grimacing and kind of physically wigging out too. I mean, I thought he'd either, throw a punch like he'd actually come down off the dais and try to take a swing at you or he just storm off or order the secret service to drag you out i mean one of those things that never enters into your mind though does it i mean it doesn't seem like you're thinking about the ramifications after i ask this question and after i piss him off you're just there to see if you can uh, get him to answer your question right well i'm there to ask a question and um that's you know i Look, I, I've been around for a while. My, my mentors were Sam Donaldson and Helen Thomas. Mm-hmm. Helen was the one who pulled me aside and said, look, whatever you do, just ask the question. doesn't matter what the answer is. Yeah. It matters that you get the question out there because then they cannot deny that it's before them and in the public view. Mm-hmm. So I've always adopted that attitude. So I'm just there to ask the question. Now, you may not like it, but here's the thing. You don't pretend like this is some, I'm not asking you, you know, like, I think it was John Oliver who who on his show said, it's not like I was asking our chipmunks, baby squirrels, you know, I'm asking (laughs) relevant questions and, and I am. I'm so my goal is to ask a relevant question about something of national interest that, and always, I, I always couch it as what does the average person want to know? Well, right now, overwhelmingly, people want to know how come they can't get tested. Yeah. And there are, I mean, multiple cases of people telling me, I, you know, I can't get a test. And I've seen it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the question. I'm going to ask it. Now, if you want to get upset about that question and if you want to accuse me of having an agenda, I, I guess I do have an agenda. The agenda is I'm trying to find an answer to my question. It's incredible. That's, that's yeah. all it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is uh, Playboy behind you in all of this? I mean, even if you get suspended from the White House again, I mean, what's the reaction among your editors well, they, as the, you uh, the, as you confront the president like that? They cannot. Um, I have a court order. Yeah. So they can't yank my press pass. I mean, it's in the courts. Right. Uh, and it's um, before a court of appeals right now. They appealed. Uh, my lawsuit against them, I sued them, I won. Uh, I've got a press pass, and there's not a whole lot that they can do right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I, you know, if, if I really did something stupid, like, you know, drop trowel in the White House, which, you know, I'm not going to do, uh, I guess they could, you, you know, pull me out. But, yeah. I mean, otherwise, I'm just asking questions. So I, I've had support and will continue to have support, so I'm very happy for that. 
Has anyone from the White House approached you since yesterday? Did you get uh, scolded by Hogan or s- oh, someone I've in the press? Oh, i people for three years. I know yeah. who I am. I, you know, I'm, look, the president chose me, mm-hmm. okay? he. I was in a press conference. He lowered his fingers to you. He knows who I am. He knows what he's going to get. I've been asking him tough questions for three and a half years. The president, in some ways, likes the fight. Yeah. So that was just him, and I am not the one who's going to back down when I'm trying to ask a question, and he knows it. So, I mean, I could have asked him, do you like vanilla ice cream? And he would have fought, I think, yeah. because he likes to fight. That's <laughs> it. It's, so I don't think the White House is surprised by it. I don't think, uh, you know, I know I wasn't surprised by it. The only thing that surprised me was when he said he was going to leave his own news conference. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Do you think the network should continue to air live these uh, Trump portions of the press conference, at least the parts where he gets up there and he seems like yesterday he was just naming names. And then for the second half, he just, he started naming. Yeah. He started naming companies and I'm going, what are these corporate sponsors? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what the, I, I had no clue as to why. Yeah. The the fact is, um, I, I'm of two minds of that. One, they're not very informative. In fact, mm-hmm. they're, you know, some of it is disinformation. So you don't, you want to be circumspect there and, and not air them. On the other hand, this is a pandemic and it's the president. So you kind of have to. So I, I, I'm of two minds on it. I, there are those who have stopped airing it. I can understand why, and I'd be supportive of that. There are those who continue airing it. I understand. I'm supportive of that. And there are those who fact check him in real time, and I'm really supportive of that. And yeah. that for, for that, you need to have – that's so difficult to do, uh, to fact check in, in, you know, while in, in, you know, in real time. Uh, you got to have someone who knows the issues real well, has the facts at hand, and can speak to it. And um, that's probably, if you can do that, the best way to do it. However, that being said, I think state and local officials, especially where I've traveled around the country, have been very good about informing people and, and doing the right things uh, by, the, you know, I, Steve, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Bashir in Kentucky, uh, Cuomo in New York. Yeah. I think Kansas, the uh, the governor there, uh, Newsom uh, out in California. There have been some uh, uh, governors who have been really good at keeping their uh, their electorate informed and helping people out. And I think that's where a lot of people are going to get their information, and wisely so. Do you think people are going to recognize the fact that he is scapegoating the governors now? Do you think they're going to understand that the whole purpose of him trying to rush a reopening of the economy somehow, as if he has the power to do that in the first place, is just meant to set those people up, to set up Bashir, to set up Cuomo, to set up uh, Gavin Newsom, and say, oh, yep, yep, they were the ones who screwed the economy, not me. They were the ones who did it. Do you think they understand that that's part of uh, Trump's gambit at this point? Well, I think Trump will take advantage of any situation and try to twist it to his own nefarious means. Yeah. I do not blame him for the pandemic. He has He's responsible for definitely for the lack of testing and definitely for that whole month of February being out of touch and not doing anything. He's responsible for that. But look, he has taken advantage of 
this situation to look at him with the press. He's turned, there are fewer people covering him on a daily basis. He's having these daily, what amounts to mini rallies. Uh, and the one on Monday was just horrible with the video and everything. Oh, yeah, and yesterday yeah. wasn't in, you know, much better. I mean, he's trying to turn those to his benefit as he does everything else. So to say, will he try to scapegoat the governors? Well, if it suits his purpose, of course he will. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, his, that's how he operates. He's going to deflect, defend, and depose whenever he can. That's, his, you know, that's how he operates. First of all, what was your reaction? And then what was the reaction you've been hearing around uh, the rest of your colleagues there um, about that Monday evening tantrum? I'd never seen anything like that. I mean, that was a startling thing to observe, especially given the, the context of this crisis, that the president was just, I mean, really just absolutely going batshit on live television with that propaganda video and so on. And then it just seemed like he was throwing down from the get-go, right? On top of all of that, is there any speculation that his behavior is dictated by, let's put it this way, meds he may or may not be taken. Is that is I that something I, you guys I are talking about in there? Because I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 you know, everyone speculates on that, and I don't know, and I won't speculate on that. As far as his, uh, as far as the reaction to Monday or two or any of them, it's like, well, how low can you go? Every day is, you know, it, you, you didn't like this brand of the shit show. Turn in the tune in tomorrow for a new exciting episode. I mean, that's, he, he digs the ratings and he digs stirring it up and whatever he can do to stir it up, he's going to stir it up. That's just the way he is. Um, it, I, you know, I, I'm not surprised by any of it, nor should anybody else be. Uh, and if you think that you're surprised by how low he went on Monday, I guarantee you he'll find, he'll find the basement and dig a hole through and find another cellar. Keep going. (laughs) That's right. I mean, I was uh, not surprised, but shocked. I don't know if that makes any uh, difference between those two words, but I think there is a a little bit of a difference, but is there among you guys asking questions of the president though, when he gets that belligerent, do you feel as if you need to maybe step up a little bit and confront that belligerence? Not necessarily asking about why he's being belligerent, but do you feel like, because I got the impression that John Carl and the rest of the guys in that room at that time felt like they needed to amplify their questioning to match his level of belligerence. Is that a thing or is that just something I kind of falsely observed? My point of view, I think we're just trying to do our job. He makes mm-hmm. it difficult, so we try to uh, – I, I mean, I think everyone in there is trying to step it up a bit. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that uh, for what it's worth, I think we all recognize that with a small number of people questioning him that we have to really question him. Are there tests available for you uh, for members of the press inside the White House? Is there some sort of uh, regimen that's going on as like far as that goes? Test or for COVID nineteen, for specifically. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for, well, for the virus. Uh, when you walk in the, the um, I, I think on one day they did test everyone there. I wasn't there that day, mm-hmm. um, but generally the uh, protocol has changed so that you, when you walk into the White House, they take your temperature. Uh, and then before the uh, press briefing, they take your temperature again. If there are any um, meetings, you know, like a limited pool access, pool sprays and stuff, where you're in front of the president, they're going to take your temperature for that too. 
So it's just, you know, that that's the, uh, you know, they're taking your temperature. One last question for you, Brian, before I let you go. Uh, a lot of, there was a lot of speculation early on when this first started, when the tr- daily Trump show began that, uh, I think Jay Rosen, for example, wrote a piece in New York times about this, urging reporters to not make Trump angry, to not give him that ammunition. I think I know where you're going to come down on this, but just for the sake of confirmation, I mean, where you where do you land on that? Because there's this whole debate as to whether or not he likes it. And you mentioned that kind of uh, alluded to that uh, a second ago. But should the fact that he eats that up with a spoon prevent you from asking the tough questions? It seems like it's a, a silly debate to even have, right? Uh, he's going to get angry. Look, yesterday he worked himself into a froth all by himself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think he gets angry at the grass. You know, he he was probably angry at the cloud. There's, there's no way you can, you can walk in and and walk on eggshells around the man and expect that he's, he's going, he, he does like to fight. He's going to fight. He's going to particularly fight those who will not back down from his BS. He's going to invent reasons to fight. He's going to have legitimate reasons to fight. He's gonna he's gonna fight because he breathed. I mean, he took a breath and he didn't agree with him. So yeah. you cannot. My advice is you cannot predicate your behavior and modify your behavior based on what he does. That's wrong because mm-hmm. that. It, it, to me is censorship. Yeah. I'm not modifying what I'm doing based on what he's doing. I'm going in with questions and I work very hard to try and craft, you know, cogent, intelligent questions. And so I'm, I'm trying to be relevant and I'm trying to, to uh, put the president on notice and hold his feet to the fire over real issues. That's not going to stop. And I'm not going to modify it because I'm afraid it might make him angry. Mm-hmm, and right. that's, the, that's, that's the worst advice you could ever give anybody. Yep. I, I think the best advice you can give someone is to go in, do your job. Just, I, I'll take Helen's advice. Just ask the question. Just ask the question. So ask the question. Yep. And it's up to him. His, your, his behavior is not, you're not the cause of his behavior. That that's, that's ridiculous. That, that, you know, that what you're talking about is is the assumption that somehow I have control over Donald Trump, you know, and that was the other thing I almost said yesterday is like, you know, I'm going to leave. Well, I have no control over you, Mr. President. I can only control what I ask. Yep. What he does is up to him. He's the president of the United States. He acted like I had more power than him yesterday. <laughs> if you continue to, to ask questions, I, I'll have to leave. You're <laughs> determining how I'm going to act. Well, what's that? Right. I'm here to ask a question. You're there to answer him. Shut the F up and do your job while I do mine. So anybody who says that, you know, you've got to modify your behavior or your style, that's the other thing. Oh, modify your style. Make it less you know, rude or less uh, uh, invasive. Look, I am who I am. You are who you are. And everybody's entitled to their own personality. Mm-hmm. Everybody's entitled to their own personal style. As long as you're not out there, you know, going, hey, effer, why don't you effing – Asked answer the question, you mf or you know, and and pull, whipping out your skippy, and you know, if you're just doing your job, yeah. you're entitled to be who you are. Mm-hmm. And the president has an obligation because he ran for office, and by God, he's responsible to the nation. And I'm one of the people who's asking the questions. He's respond. He needs to ask answer them. 
I'll ask him, he'll answer him. No. And I'm not modifying the way I operate because he's an idiot. That's right. That's silly. As the way it should be. Are you hearing anything yeah. from the White House staff? Are they pretty unified behind him right now? Or do you are you seeing a lot of eyes rolling uh, among people who are working with him on a day-to-day basis? Well, I think if you could power a city for a year on eye rolls in the White House. So yeah. that hasn't changed. Right. And right. there are those people who work for him who are um, professional and may not agree with what the president does, but they have a job to do and they're doing their job. And then you have people like Kelly and Conway, and that's a different story. You know, the belief in alternative facts. That's right. But, um, for some of the young staffers, they're just there doing their job. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time today. You are absolutely, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say you're a badass, you're a powerhouse, you're, uh, for a lot of people right now, you're a journalistic hero, and we thank you uh, for uh, asking the tough questions and, and really being tenacious about it. Great job yesterday. And- well, thank you, man. I, I'm just I'm just the idiot who asks questions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, man. There were a lot of rounds of applause. Lots of standing ovations happening yesterday after that exchange. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you uh, again real soon. Take it easy. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Wait, don't turn off the show just yet. One more thing before we go. Podcast advertising is vanishing as the economy recedes, so now's the time to help support independent media, and you can do it for just a few dollars a month by subscribing to our bonus content on our Patreon page. Go to bobseskashow.com and pitch in with as little as $1 per month. But if you sign up for $5 or more, you're going to get all kinds of exclusive bonus content, including the postmortem show. And if you sign up for $10 per month, you're going to get our Friday After Party podcast where Kimberly Johnson and I talk about politics, pop culture, sexuality, and our personal lives. Plus, you'll join one of the fastest growing communities of podcast listeners around. That's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you.